A dragon and a pegasus talk football. What could go wrong or right? Hello everyone, this is Manny Jones back with the third edition of the Furries and Football Podcast. We have just finished week one of the NFL and what a wild week one it was. Of course, I am joined by my good friend, the Zeus Pegasus himself, the Finn Fanatic. Zeus, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, it was a crazy week, crazy weekend of football overall. I can't wait to get to it. But unfortunately, I'm also kind of feeling like this right now. No! <laughs> because we just got some breaking news, right, man? We do indeed. A little thing to get into with what, what you might see on this podcast today. The recap of Texas and Bama, Pac-12 shenanigans, Colorado, Miami may be back. Zeus talks about UCF, big games coming up soon, Clemson not being ranked, and we talk about week one of the NFL. Preview week two, we have, of course, our three pickup games, but the first, the, the big thing, is what happened last night in the NFL, which was Aaron Rodgers and the Jets' eventual win over the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. On the first drive of the play, uh, he took a really bad hit. I mean, I remember watching this in real time. I was with my buddies, uh, Rejected Ronan and Serpentis Slayer, uh, Zeus. And I remember, and I remember Ronan saying, Manny, he took a bad hit. And I go, really? How bad was it? And I, I had to watch it a couple of times to fully understand it. And then when you saw it, you knew it was bad. And it was confirmed he has a torn Achilles, which will end his season. Yep. To say that this is anything less than tragic for any franchise is just putting an understatement. Like, four snaps in, doesn't even last a drive. The turf monster claims it's biggest victim yet. And you want to know what's even more hunting? Sure, what's and up? History repeats itself because the Jets were coming off a pretty hype season back in 1990, I believe, 1998 or 1999, which Vinny Testaverde, their star quarterback then, on their first game within the first drive, also tears or left Achilles. I swear, I don't know what that franchise did, but the, 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 they're cursed. They're they, legit cursed. I, I, I immediately said that when, when that happened. Like, what, 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 is, what is it with the Jets and just their ability to destroy quarterbacks? And it, it's, it, this isn't the first time, too. I want to say in the early 2000s, some of the Jets fans might correct, but I think Chad Pennington in, like, the first game of the year had a really bad injury. And this has been a thing that has happened before, and this has big implications beyond just the Jet season. They have now they now have 16 more games with Brother Wilson at quarterback. That's how that's what I've heard him referred to around here, by the way, uh, Brother Wilson. Um, this affects the draft too because the second there was a second round draft pick that was involved in the trade from Green Bay to New York, and pretty much was that. It would have become a first-round pick if Rodgers played 65% of the Jet snaps this year. And because he's out, that's going to be a second-round pick now. And I would say this too, and I immediately said this when this happened and we found out more that it could have been an Achilles Zeus, but I remember immediately saying to my buddies in that voice chat that, that when we were waiting for my league game, our league game to go on, if it's an Achilles, this could be the last time we see Aaron Rodgers take a snap. That's the most haunting part, yeah. yeah. That, that, no one wants a star quarterback to just go out this way, or any star player. It would be beyond tragic if that's going to be the case. The guy is, yeah, pushing 40. Um, imagine if Tom Brady got the similar injury. I, I doubt he would have gotten played. Yeah, um, yeah. Crazy. Just absolutely crazy. And 
Although the Jets still have a pretty good team, I'm still going to be rather nervous as a Finns fan going up against them with that stellar defense. That defense that is certainly a top five defense that they proved last night. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's going to be an interesting year. Either Zach wasn't going to show up or put up, or humorously enough, I've heard some Jet fans, um, especially one known as Rich Eisen, clamor for uh, Tom Brady to kind of retire in <laughs> <safe> <laughs> I don't I don't think he could though. He's he's part owner of the Raiders now. Yeah. Yeah, like too busy. Yeah, he's he's part owner of the Raiders. He wants to sell whatever non-fungible tokens he has out there. So I don't know if he's interested. I've heard rumors of RG3. I've even heard Colin Kaepernick get thrown around. And that where I was just like the guy hasn't played a snap in 7 seasons. That's Unfortunately, that that one's not going to happen, but that, it's all over the place. I have heard reports that Jets coaches weren't even sleeping last night and that they were just up all night texting about what they're going to do now. Yeah, they better because this flips. I mean, you, you had a whole offseason to prepare, and now you have to start from scratch in the middle of the season. And if, I mean, Salah should be nominated for coach of the year if they get above, you know, if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs with this roster after that devastating injury, I don't care. That's an automatic coach of the year type situation for that and that staff because this is unprecedented. I don't know. And coming from a Finns fan that's a, a bitter rival with the Jets, I'm glad to see him lose, but I want to beat them on their own terms. Yeah. Not like this. Yeah, yeah. Not like this. Yeah, this, this ain't, yeah, this is, this is. Just, just rough as hell just to see that you know you, you i've seen the jets fan base finally get some optimism and for for the first time what feels like forever and then out of nowhere it's just ripped right like that on the first drive uh that that's insane and you mentioned the ninth the example back in night in the 19 or late 90s when Vinny testaverde got hurt uh, I, you made me think of this, man. They Both of those games were kept pretty close. The only difference was the Jets won this game on a really good walk-off punt return. The last the last, the last one? The, yeah, the, the rookie. 19, yeah, it was the 1990s. That was punter Tom Tupa, who threw two touchdowns at quarterback against the Patriots that game. So, uh, intriguing. Let's see. I mean, you never know how the rest of the year could go. We'll get into more NFL uh, later on, but it was quite an intriguing Monday night football game. Let us jump, Zeus, into the college football scene, and where was a fun week of college football all around the country? Oh, yeah. Jam-packed, just like the first week. Oh, you bet. And Oh, yeah. And we're going to start with uh, the biggest game um, this past week, Texas versus Alabama. Ooh. So. Yeah, I'm assuming you saw the highlights uh, or overall thoughts in the game. I, 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 I saw a bit of it, uh, just a bit of it every now and again. I was working this day. This was one of our last our last uh, baseball games, so I got to see a little bit of the highlights afterwards. But Quinn Ewers really, mm. really, really played pretty darn good. The defense looked good against Jalen Miller against Alabama. The, you know what the shocking thing, too, is, though, Zeus? This is the first, this is like the first non-conference loss for Alabama. Since they lost to Louisiana Monroe back in the mid-2000s in Saban's, I want to say either his first or his second year, they lost to Louisiana Monroe. That's how long it's been since Bama's lost to a non-conference opponent. That's insane. Yeah. It doesn't, even, doesn't matter if it's a home game, just period. Yeah, period. Wow. Period. They, this is the first time that the Tide has lost to a, to a, to a non-conference opponent 
since they lost to Louisiana Monroe back then. Uh, the, the, the Longhorns look good, dare I say. Longhorn Steakhouse uh, may be back. Uh, the Ewers, the Ewers looked great. They looked good against this 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 Bama team. I mean, they held Bama just 107 rushing yards. Jason McClellan only had 45. And overall, I mean, they look they the the, the Longhorns. I know they get talked about as overrated. You know, horns down. The Big 12 about to find me for that. But at the end of the day, you know, I'd say that Texas, I think, is turning a new leaf, and they could contend this season. Yeah, certainly. Um, they were, they had the most stacked roster coming in the Big 12, and I can certainly say for certain that they're they're going to be competing hard for that title this year. Um, not sure if they're going to survive the Big 12 slate. You never know. Maybe they just really want revenge from last year, so they should have won that game last year. Yeah. If it wasn't for very questionable play calls um, that robbed them of that game. But, um, you know, uh, it, it's always good to see Bama lose. <laughs> and I think, yeah, like, uh, I think me and the rest of the country can agree with that, and Bama, um, they're still. I mean, if they win out, obviously they'll still make the playoff. But uh, they're in dire straits. Like I, um, I don't think that, I, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Like I see this team with a quarterback play that poor, with um, an offensive scheme that just cannot move the ball down the field. And I don't, I don't even consider Texas defense as elite. Like they play great, but I don't think they're a top ten or ten twenty defense in the country. But enough to stop Bama. So yeah, if they can't score against that, imagine against other SC defenses what they're gonna do. And it might be a, I mean, I dare say it might be a three-loss season for Bama this year, which would be horrifying for them. That that would be intriguing. And I will say, I mean, if this is the, this is the year for Texas to really show that they can play on defense against an SEC team because one of the big things that's always been thought of when it comes to the Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC is just how are they gonna perform against the top defense of the SEC? And I think they show that they can they can compete. Texas, at least, they can compete. So it'll be unique to see how they go for in conference play the rest of the season. But, I mean, so far, dare I say, Texas looking very intriguing right now. They might be turned to core. They might, you know, they might not have. They they might actually be back, to quote the great meme, of course, of Longhorn Nation, Longhorn Steakhouse. On to (laughs) other other stuff happening. The Pac-12 continues to be intriguing. Washington State knocked off Wisconsin. And, of course, there's some drama in the Pac-12. I don't know if you heard about this, Zeus, but Washington State and Oregon State are actually suing the Pac-12. Yep, I did hear about that, and for good reason, because they got screwed. Um, conferences had to, like, bend over backwards to, like, scrape up these teams um, after the Big Ten started the big old push for this, and... Look where we are. Um, I don't yeah. think it's going to result in anything. I think the damage is done, but um, who knows? Um, if they do win this lawsuit, like um, these schools that are transferring out, they might be fi- financially hampered for a while. Um, so we'll, we'll see what it, comes of it. It does make me wonder, though. I'll, I'll pitch this question. Because they're, they're suing over who actually has the voting rights of the comp. Because their argument is that the other schools living, you have no voting rights. Does that mean like what if what if they got this granted, Zeus? Does that mean they can just say, "Hmm, let's see, Oregon. I see you guys have a pretty good season. You only had one loss in the Pac-12. Uh, you're not going to the Pac-12 championship. We're gonna vote ourselves in." Could they just do that? Could, could they just do that? Just just vote themselves into the conference championship? 
They could they could they could vote for a change of bylaws like anyone leaving a conference not eligible for conference championship, which means Oh my god, that'd be wild. We, it, it's it's like why play the season now? It's just a guaranteed Washington State versus Oregon State in the title game. That that'd be nuts. Uh, speaking of Oregon, <laughs> how about Oregon just barely surviving against Texas Tech, scoring twenty points in the fourth quarter, sealing the win on a pick six from Jeffrey Bossa to beat Tech thirty eight to thirty. Yeah, that was a pretty wild game. A lot of back and forth. I thought this would be the game to get Texas Tech back on track as a dark horse to win the Big 12. But it just seems that they cannot stop getting their own way. And now um, I don't even know if they're going to finish uh, in the top half of the conference. Like, it's going to be a rough going to the Big 12 for them. So pretty bad for Texas Tech. Oregon, um, easily uh, still a favorite. Um, but you know what? With the way Oregon struggled in this game, because I'm going to transition to this, I think Colorado has a legit chance to upset them. Ooh, I, I'd have to agree. Yeah, saying it right now. Colorado, the team. How far can they go? If, if they can split with Oregon and USC, they have a really good shot at making that title game. And then, ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. Wouldn't that that'll be, that'll be must-see TV, honestly. That that will be. And, it's, and Colorado, of course, had their home opener. Just an amazing game from Shador Sanders and company once again as they beat the Nebraska, 36-4, to deserves the complete domination. Shador Sanders looking insanely good again, going 31 for 42 with 393 yards passing, two touchdowns. Just, it's, it's insane. It is absolutely wild. The talent on this, the talent on Colorado, just from what they were able to get from the transfer portal, mm-hmm. just going to show how big of a factor that is on this team that you – took down a Nebraska team that had a little bit of intrigue with the new head coach in Matt Rule, and now Colorado comes in saying, hey, we're here now. We're here, and they are going to be fast rising up in that top 25. Yeah, and and I keep – and you're right because the Pac-12 is, I think, might right now top the bottom the best conference in the country. They have eight teams ranked this week. Eight. <laughs> More than the SEC that has five right now. So all the – all you – all you lovers are chanting SEC, SEC, stop it. Your conference is just top heavy. <laughs> I think, um, and it, and it, 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 you know, in a while now, like I, I think um, the Big 12 and the SEC might be more balanced to really, especially when we get this when, when we get this playoff going in a couple years. Oh yeah. I really hope it does balance um, the conferences out and prove that the SEC is not the end all be all. That there's talent everywhere, and I can't wait, man. Like I'm happy for the Pac-12. I'm happy they're, they're sticking it. Um, to everyone that doubted them for decades, uh, years at this point. And we'll see. Um, yeah, man. We'll see how, how the rest of the year shakes out. Yeah. Just just, just, <clears throat> a, just a wild look indeed at the Pac-12, who is looking pretty darn good. And, you know, the other schools that looked very, very intriguing uh, last college, last week in college football, the U with an upset of their own, taking down A&M, ranked A&M, 48-33, Tyler Van Dyke with the game to remember five touchdowns and 374 yards for the U. I've always felt, Zeus, I don't know what you think about this, but I've always felt that the U is in solid hands right now. Mario Cristobal, I've always thought, is a really, really solid head coach considering what he's been able to do at the college level for so long, making a still a very rough FIU program respectable back in the early late 2000s. He was good coach at Oregon for a while. And I you know he had a rough 5 and 7 year, but Miami was kind of in a rough shape. I think they have the talent to compete in the ACC and he's a good coach. 
I like what they got working down there in, in, in Miami. Yeah, and if they keep on their raid, it might be Florida State versus Miami. Both teams undefeated. Game is going to go there for the supremacy of Florida. Like, it, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, looking at their schedules, I, I fully believe they can get there. Because Miami, they got Bethune, they got Temple, Georgia Tech, uh, North Carolina, and Clemson. Yeah, like, um, I mean, Clemson obviously might be the toughest opponent, but they, they're not even ranked right now, so we don't even know what's going to go on with them. But Ugh. we'll see. Let's. We might have a top ten, ma- a top ten matchup between two undefeated schools by then. That'd be crazy. Let's let's talk about Clemson because goodness <laughs> gracious, Clemson had it rough. Has had it rough. We talked about Clemson. You know the art of Clemsoning when they got just roughed up against Duke. They faced FCS Charleston Southern. And, you know the the score may not reflect what this was at one point. It was a sixty six to seventeen win for Clemson. At one point, though, I'm, I'm just going to point this out. At, at one point, this game was 14-14. Yep. It, it, it's just... it, and, 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 and I remember all the FCS guys on my Twitter feed are like, oh, Charleston Southern? Charleston Southern? What? And, of course, after a field goal from Charleston Southern with 7-0-1 to go, there wasn't much there. Their offense wasn't too crazy. In fact, both of their touchdowns were from the one yard line or a pick six or a field goal. So it they 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 looked really, really rough early on against an FCS school. Now those FCS schools, they may be getting paid to most likely lose a game, but they are here to play. All right. Look at Idaho and Nevada. Idaho came into Nevada and beat them 33 to 6. So these FCS schools, even though they yep. most likely will lose, they are there to play. And you, you never know. They could take down those FBS schools. Uh you, of course, I know you love Mc, uh, McNeese State beating USF a couple years ago. Now that, oh, there yeah. you go. There you go. So they come into play, and Clemson not being ranked, despite the win, does not surprise me. The fact that you struggled in the first quarter against Charleston Southern is is is, is just, it's rough. That That's just not a good look. And dare I say, I mean, Kate Glubnick threw four tutties. Their guy, Bo Collins, had a 103-yard game. But again, this is an FCS school. You expect really good results when you take on an, your local FCS school like Charleston Southern. So the fact that Clemson isn't even ranked, they're just just outside the top 25 with 86 votes at 26th. It's just ridiculous. It's, just, it's, just, it's crazy. It is. But look at the teams above them. And I fully agree. I think um, all those teams on the top 25 would be Clemson right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because uh, Clemson, they just cannot figure it out um, on offense. Um, they, they, they sputter. They make mistakes. Um, it's just not a disciplined team right now. And even with all that talent, talent can only take you so far. Um, you need the right coach behind it. And that's what makes a solid program. That's what Alabama's been banking on for years. Um, and now Clemson still has the talent. But now I'm going to question relationship and coaching. Like, what's been going on there? Well, it's um, quite simple, I should say. They're focused on the NIL, our Lord's name, image, and likeness. <laughs> actual quote from Dabo Swinney. Actual, actual quote from Dabo Swinney. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness. But speaking of the top 25, how about yeah. we go look over that real quick? Yeah, there's there's a lot there. New P teams ranked in the top 25 this week. The Miami at 22nd, Wazoo at 23rd, UCLA 24th, and Iowa. 
in the 25th. Mm -hmm. Keep your eyes on Iowa Zoo. There's actually a little bit of a subplot there. Brian Ferentz has been their longtime head coach. Allegedly, there is a thing in his contract about scoring like 25 points a game to equal a certain point total for the whole season because Iowa is known for its defense, not really its offense. Uh, so there's actually a thing going on there. If he's gonna, if he's gonna get his job, even though the team is two and zero. Wow. So so keep <laughs> keep your eye on that. Other things to look out for: Colorado's jump to 18th. Deserved, absolutely. Oh, North Carolina sure. dropped three spots. They did. They did. U UNC, man, one of the generally solid uh, in solid teams, I would say, in the ACC. They have a really, really darn good team there. However, they had a really close game. Appalachian State was always oh, there yeah. to give them a scare. Two OTs. The Tar Heels win it. So yeah, those Sun Belt teams, they can be oh. they can be pretty scary. <laughs> and, and considering, might I say that this is this is Appalachian State. <laughs> yeah, like they 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 they've they've knocked up some big teams before, so they definitely have that giant killer label to them. Yeah, Michigan in two thousand and seven, man, you can't forget about that. Other big moves into the top ten. We'll take a look at that. Bama yep. has dropped to tenth after being third. Notre Dame is now number nine in the nation. You also have Texas jumping to fourth with two first place votes. Southern California is fifth, Ohio State sixth, Penn State seventh. Your top four right now, as it stands, if the year were to end today, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Texas. So. And I, I fully agree with that top four. I think those are the best four teams right now. Um, and it's going to be a boat race. Like It's going to be a, a nice uh, race to see who's going to make the final four. And I think this is the last year of the 14 playoff, correct? This is the um, last year of the 14 playoff. You are correct. Yep, so just in time for all the, all the conference shifts. And, yeah, uh, Tennessee had a rough uh, outing, and that's why they're down to 11. And I think the biggest needle mover this week is going to be Tennessee at Florida. Florida, Ooh. who lost um, to Utah pretty pathetically in week one, uh, they beat Tennessee, they're going to be ranked. And I'm going to be upset because Florida's not a team that deserves to be ranked, but Tennessee has not impressed um, these first two weeks, and they're on full upset alert this week as they visit the Swamp to take on those pesky Gators. The third Saturday in September is what they dub it. Last year it was Tennessee in Knoxville taking down Florida 38-33. The last time the, the Vols won in Gainesville was back in 2003 when they won 24-10. So it should be a that should be a fun matchup, Florida and Tennessee. You did mention US UNC. There is some interesting drama going on there at UNC with a transfer, Devontez Walker, who was denied eligibility by the NCAA. We have I heard this this morning, so I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Some NCAA officials are actually getting death threats. Yeah, that popped up my feed brief. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, why I'll, why I'll, are people so I'll, up in arms about that? Alex, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the brief sounds and we'll jump right into our college teams, of course. But pretty much, Devontez Walker was his wide receiver who enrolled at North Carolina Central, an FCS. Uh, an F, I believe they're an FCS school, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. uh, so, he enrolls at UNC Central. He does not play the first the season because of COVID, because they canceled the season of COVID-19. After that season, he transfers to Kent State. Now, you know, they initially with the portal, they have rules about immediate eligibility. So he played a little bit at Kent State, 
and was actually a really good receiver in the MAC. He was first team All MAC, so he was a really darn good receiver for Kent State. After the season, he decided to enter the portal, and he decided he would go to North Carolina. It was named to the 2023 preseason All ACC team. The NCAA ruled that he was ineligible because even though he never played a snap for North Carolina Central, yeah. They said that he was a two-time transfer. And Mac Brown and the athletic director at UNC, Bubba Cunningham, they crafted a very, very angry statement. Mac Brown even said, I don't know if I've ever been more disappointed in a person or a group of people or an institution than I am with the NCAA. And that they have failed Tez Brown. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely the right reaction to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then the then, so the D1 board of the, of the NCAA legit said in a statement that they were troubled by the public remarks made last week. And I guess that there have been people getting it, – it's, it's big criticism because it's like the guy never played it down. I understand that they want to limit, like, those big transfers that are coming in out of nowhere. You have to – show it a reason why you're transferring for education for other reasons i can understand mac brown being completely completely upset and they even said too the ncaa is aware of violent and possibly criminal threats recently directed at committee members involved in regulatory decisions so i'm not surprised with this state uh, how quickly social media gets around that yeah. people would resort to that and yeah like people Change is hard, and just it's the whole transfer portal thing has been changing college football a lot. So to not allow this player, um, just because of the technicality of the rule, um, it's definitely very strange and unfair. So I do hope there's a peaceful res resolution to this. But um, yeah, I'd say just let the kid play. Um, I don't, I don't see the big deal of this. It's not like if you allow this kid to play, now we're going to have a massive transfers point to this and be like, hey. Um, I can go wherever I want, like a free agent, uh, and transfer twice or transfer midseason. No, um, um, there's policy to follow, and um, rules are there for a reason. So <sighs> this just goes back to the NCAA just being a mess in general. They have no control over their conferences or teams. No. Um, they're lacking an, uh, an authoritative force to really rail things in. Because um, my biggest my biggest knock, I, quick, quick tangent rant, Sure. Is that I, I I I do wish the college football system would adapt like um, schedules that are determined with a third party, so we can have more parity, more exciting games going on instead of having the schools dictate when and where to play games. Um, but that's never going to happen. It's just money. I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of schools having so much sway, um, and just not tr respecting the sport in general, and just trying to do everything they can to stack the chips in their favor. Yeah, man, but it's just a, it's a, it's a shame, really, because the kid's good, and it's like you can't, you can't, uh, you can't deny like the kid. He even said like the transfer said like mental health challenges and wanting to transfer closer to his home, and it's like to say that like you're gonna deny him on that. It's like it's ridiculous. Uh, but that's what's happening with Tez Walker, Zeus. Talk about UCF and Boise State. Oh my goodness, the <laughs> Cardiac Knights, they are back. They gave me a near heart attack many times in that game. Um, but credit to Boise State. Um, even though they're 0-2, they're probably the best 0-2 team in the country right now. They're they're talented. They have a great defense. Um, they can certainly move the ball. I hope their quarterback's okay since he got hurt mid-game. But, man, huh, 
Because have it come down to the last second field goal at the end, um, crazy. But I'm glad that they broke uh, they broke a 21 game home opener streak for Boise State. Uh, defense played lights out. Um, having a good defense in the Big 12 is certainly going to help this team uh, stay close in games against uh, superior competition. So very happy about that. And we have our kicker. Yeah. <laughs> this kicker, man, Boomer Colton Boomer. What a my name. man. He is amazing. He got a helmet stick on ESPN for his performance. Four kicks, two of them for 50 yards or beyond. What a stud. Saved the team from a pretty embarrassing loss on the road. Because um, I know the team, they can play better than that. Um, they just made some of the weirdest mistakes in the end zone. Interceptions that just bobbled up everywhere. Fumbles. Wildcat failing on a fourth and one. It Just everything you can think of that went wrong did go wrong for UCF. But in the end... They did it. They held strong. I'm very proud of the team. Um, do you see any highlights from the game? Say again? Uh, did you check out the game a little bit? I saw the I do. I saw the ending of that because I was like, I want to see how it popped up on a recommend, and I was like, let me see how this goes. John Reese Plumley. Now I know how good he can be. You've lost him for a couple of weeks. Uh, how there was no targeting called on that. That hit. was. Bullshit. That was oh. I would I'll tell you right now that was ridiculous. I'm I'm sit, I remember watching that. I'm like, that's gotta be targeting. Now I'm I'm not a big fan of targeting call. I can understand why it's a thing in in modern and modern football. There are times where like I wish it wasn't like an ejection, but that's that's for another time. But I could think I I seeing that yeah that that's targeting, that's targeting. Uh, in the in the, in that event though, uh, UCF will be starting US, USF transfer Tim McLean at quarterback. You have Villanova. Uh, how do you feel about this matchup, Zeus? Uh, the perfect timing. Um, we're down our store quarterback, so now we're going to have a guy that thankfully has some experience starting games, leading us to um, victory over uh, this FCS team. Um, I know there's there's good FCS teams, but I've literally heard nothing about Villanova in the past outside of being a basketball school, so <laughs> it should be smooth sailing. But I do hope that um, the offense can stop shooting, shooting themselves in the foot that this is a good uh, make-right game before we go to Kansas State next week. So no reason to not expect this team to go 3-0 and get some confidence going to a very tough, rough opener uh, in Manhattan against the Kansas State Wildcats. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, should be. I don't know when the game time is. I think it might be at night because I'm going to be after game live, so I would hate to cook in the sun. Um, but yeah, like I full confidence in this team. I think they'll rally around this guy and – um, it's going to be a different type of offense. You cannot yeah. have the guys scramble, but I think we might be a bit more short pass happy. We have the running game to support our quarterback. So as long as he can be a game manager and just make the throws he needs to, then we have a good shot of, keep, of winning games until GRP comes back. That's my hope. That, I can understand that. I'm, there's one football thing I'm happy for. Uh, Western Carroll, my love Catamounts, knocked off number seven Samford uh, on Saturday in a game that took seven hours to complete because of lightning delay. So Oof. I'm actually, yeah, dude, lightning delays all over the East Coast were, were just stopping games in the right moment, man. So happy with my, my Catamounts. They might, something good might happen. But that, we'll talk about another time with some FCS stuff. Let's go right into the NFL. Uh, which game shall we tackle first from week one? Uh, I think we should get the bad news out of the way. So sorry, Manny. I think you're going to have to stand up for the Steelers right now because, uh, oof, just... Let me just clarify and say for the record, <laughs> we are we're not going to go to Shelper Ball. 
<laughs> I'm okay. So this is this is one of those games. Where I will admit, I was working a hockey game. I am thankful I did not watch this. <laughs> oh my god! Because I I saw the I was I I had ESPN Gamecast put up the whole time, and I'm like, Kenny Pickett short pass incomplete. Kenny Pickett short pass incomplete. Najee hit over three yard. But then you put the. Okay, I'm gonna try and not lose my mind because I already. I already have many, many times. I just want to say this for the record. I remember saying this, Zeus. I don't know if you remember this. That the OC for Pittsburgh sucks, right? I I, I, I remember saying that, right? Blame Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Blame Canada. Shame on Canada. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, and, and, and I'm not going to deny this. Kenny Pickett did not look good. Th- th- this is the issue that I've noticed is that this is the same issues that Pittsburgh has had over the past couple years. They abandon the run so quickly, and then they just say, "Okay, Kenny, just do hurry up, Kenny," and and magically things happen. Magically, they start doing good. The difference is, is that this happened with, when when it was with Big Ben. I could laugh about the Zeus. Like, oh, here comes the Big Ben stat pad quarter. Here comes the here comes the Big Ben stat pad quarter. They just they, they look they looked lost. The, and and, so, and people said, Manny, don't feel bad. You know, this is a really good Niners team. And I I know, I know it's a good Niners team. Brock but... Purdy is good. Christian McCaffrey is good. This team is loaded. But you only get like one yard at one point in the first half. You fucking laid down in your own stadium and you died. You got drowned in Iron City beer. You you had you got hung over watching Neil O'Donnell or the pick to Larry Brown in the Super Bowl back in the 90s. And you think this is going to be fantastic. We're, we're still going to go to Super Bowl. We're going to go to Super Bowl. No, we're not. We're not going to go to Super Bowl this way. And there's it's only week one. Only week one. But goodness gracious. This yeah. How do you have Pickett? I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. 46 pass attempts. What the hell? It's, this is what happens. It, they have a short passing scheme, but it's so predictable and easy to figure out that they'll stop the run game. Now, Pittsburgh, Blue Collar City. If they see you run the football, they're going to fucking love that. They're going to fucking love that. All right? The, the, yeah. the, and so what happened? This happened with every year. They start, they abandon, they just do hurry up because they don't have much of an influence on that. In fact, at one point, they called the four verticals in the in the eight yard line. How do you? Wow. How do you think that play call is going to go? How, I wouldn't even call that in Madden, my dude. No, no, I, I wouldn't even do that. So, it the team looked bad, and you had. I didn't even start talking about Patrick Peterson talking about how he's going to shut down Brock Purdy. Then he allows two <laughs> touchdowns to Brandon Ayuk. Stop freaking talking. Actually play like you were on the Vikings. And you have Joey Porter Jr. You have him only play a couple of snaps. You have JPJ only play a couple of snaps. I, 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 I at least they scored unlike the Giants. But like... 
they they sat there and they died. I'm not expecting you to do you to beat out like like whenever they played the fucking Patriots in the Brady era, I didn't expect to win. I'm just like, please make it competitive. You're probably gonna suck, but make it competitive. That's all I ever ask for, man. That's all I ever ask for. Yeah, they didn't like, even they, do that. Yeah, they they made a lot of people in Vegas upset because they were betting on the Pittsburgh Steelers to at least show up and do something. Yeah. But from what I saw, they just weren't prepared. Um, that that was just preseason pixie dust. Um, the defense couldn't stop anything. They can't, they can't stop the run. I figured at least they could stop the run for Brock Purdy. But no, they couldn't even do that. Like I, I'm just baffled with the way they yeah. played. Um, and the only team I played worse in their division is probably the Bengals. Yeah. And I will say this too. Like, TJ Watt was the only fucking player on defense that actually fucking showed up. Three sacks, one TFL. He's He's a legend. I want you to build a statue of him right out outside of Heinz Field right now. Put one right next to Franco Harris in the Pittsburgh airport right now. That man is a legend. He will be a legend forever in this in this in this town. I'm just saying, like, it starts at the top. And I'm not gonna be one of these people that like after every loss you want everybody fired. I think that's ridiculous. But I will say this: like, there's been no really, there's been I meant this a lot. There has been no good offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh since Bruce Arians became the OC and later head coach of the Colts for a bit. Then he coached the Cardinals and the Bucks. There has not been a good OC in Pittsburgh. You get Brandy Feetner, he sucks. You get Todd Haley, it's just Big Ben is the QB, is the OC, the secret OC. And then you get this guy, the Canadian offense. I would rather go into Canada, drown myself on maple syrup, than watch this offense again. I'm going to just delge myself and pour a bunch of maple syrup on me if I ever have to watch this. That's probably what he does to the Yenzers, man. He put Matt Canada goes in the Yenzers' basements. He puts this maple syrup on their wrists and puts them to the wall and makes them watch this offense. That is torture. Yeah, <laughs> that is torture. That all year, <laughs> dude. It, it's bad. Now you're taking on the Browns. They mm -hmm. won their game. I don't know what to expect mm -hmm. from them, but I at least want a competitive game. Zeus. Talk about the Fins. All right. We'll get to the Fins right now. So, meanwhile, that was, that was one of the worst games of the week. Um, it's easy to say I think Jar uh, Dolphins Chargers was the game of the week. It had a lot of feels of a playoff game, just kind of a lot of the back and forth, offense, fireworks, and explosions. But most important of all, Tua has fucking arrived. Holy he fuck. Oh, yeah. All of you haters out there, <laughs> shut the fuck up. He was a lead quarterback. <laughs> He's proven it time and time again. He's done it against a good Chargers defense that has been fully healthy. What more do you want? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Everyone who's listening to hates Tua. I'm just baffled that there's still idiots out there that continue to berate this man who's been injured to Keenan Cunningham, who's taken jujitsu, who's done all he can and has the right coach behind him. And now, statement game, statement win. Very happy for the Finns. Even though there's a lot of concerns on the defensive part of the ball, um, that was a really bad performance from Big Vangio's crew. Um, I think some of that was scheming. Some of that was just the players not being talented enough to catch um, the Chargers running backs. Eckler just hammered us all game. Um, but beyond that, like uh, I, I, I haven't been happier for a Finns team. Um, I, I think uh, this team can certainly go far. Um, 
I think the Chargers are definitely a competitive team still, and they're going to get some great wins this year. But, yeah, man, uh, nothing but hype for Miami. Uh, Tyreek Hill's a beast. Like, he's yeah. two 2,000 yards this week. He's already at 215, I think. I think that's the number, but he keeps that up. Yeah, like, we might be talking 2,500. Like, the dude is insane. Oh my god, dude! I mean, I'll tell you this right now, man. I, I, I for with the injury to Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you heard this. This is awesome spoiler this morning. Uh, Tua Vailoa is now the favorite for MVP right now to Vegas. Yeah, he is the well betting. You know, he's the betting favorite. I mean, well deserved for a, a fucking crazy, crazy win over the Chargers. I mean. <laughs> Just look at those numbers, man. The dude can play. We'll see if they can keep it up uh, as they go into week two. Other other big scores, uh, big games happen. Uh, of course, the the opening game, Lions knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs. David Montgomery with the go-ahead touchdown as the Lions shocked the Super Bowl defending champions. Kadarius Tony deserves all the flack, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the heck was that? Just... Yeah, totally, man. To- totally, just, just, you know, oh my goodness, what a what a terrible draft pick. Looking back at it, what a, what a terrible receiver. Like so many drops and yeah. the pick six. Like what? I know Giants fans are celebrating. Like he's like hey, the guy's not with us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but the the Chiefs they look vulnerable. Um, and I know especially with Tyreek Hill's performance, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes sitting there in his bed. Tyreek, why'd you leave me? We could have so much Super Bowls together. They could. But now you might give two a one. They could have, uh, so, but big win for the Lions. Uh, how about, oh my goodness, it's time I bring on and go, how about the Cowboys? Jesus, <laughs> Dallas. Listen, if you breathed on the Giants, listen, if Zeus, if you and me walked up and went, hey, Giants, we would have won. They would have been, eh, eh. Just nothing. Yes. Every, some mistakes. I'll tell you this. It made me happy that I started the Dallas, the Dallas defense in one of my, in my fantasy league this, because they got me 37 points in fantasy. They shut out the Giants 40 to nothing. Dak only threw for 143 yards. And still, Cowboys defense with Micah Parsons looks really darn good to start the year. Oh yeah, like uh, people are starting to get scared of the Cowboys. Maybe they, maybe they're not going to be the meme this year. And I've heard some some people are saying, eh, "What if we get a Dolphins Cowboys Super Bowl? How crazy would that be?" Oh, that That'd be insanity. Oh, dude, that would be a fun matchup. One other score we'd like to take a look at, of course, is a, a rough loss for the Vikings of uh, the Bucks with Baker Mayfield getting the win, twenty to seventeen. I was talking to my buddy Sir Panislaire, who's a big Vikings fan, Zeus. He was something like, you know, hey, they always play bad to start the year. Kirk Cousins, you know, save for that one pick, didn't look too bad. Baker, judging by these numbers, not too bad either. We'll see how he, if he could keep the starting job over in Tampa. But I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's going to be an intriguing year for for both these two. Yeah, um, I think the Vikings will still be competitive. Um, But they're, 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 did I pick them? Uh, No, I didn't. There you go. (laughs) You're lucky you didn't pick them. I didn't pick them for my um, preview for uh, any playoff spot. So, yeah, I expect regression for this year. Um, they look in shambles, but uh, we'll see when it comes when it comes to them. I don't think the Buccaneers are a good team, though. I think they're going to struggle in the NFC South. But then again, because that division's so weak, I would not be surprised if they're playing for the division title. Um, you know, in the final couple weeks of the season. 
<clears throat> they have the defense for it. It's like Candy offense not getting their own way enough to uh, get enough points on the board. That is the question. Oh, for sure. For sure. One of the things to look out toward, too, when it comes to Tampa Bay is this will be the last year for Mike Evans with the Buccaneers. Mike Evans, uh, according to some sources in the Bucs organization, is not being signed to an extension. He could become a trade target. He could be a big free agent come next year. He will be turning 31 next season, so we'll keep our eyes on that. Zeus, let's talk about our picks from last week, shall we? Um... Oh yeah, before that though. Sure. Um well, we could do that or we could talk about Dolphins Patriots and uh game two. Sure. Uh, game two stuff Let's open to that, buddy. Let's open to that, buddy. Sure. So yeah, Dolphins at Pats. Um yeah, varying varying uh different stories. Patriots had a t- terrible start, great finish. Dolphins had a pretty uh dominant performance, but a lot of back and forth. Um honestly, Dolphins are favored by two and a half right now, and I'm still nervous about that game. Um uh, even though Tua is undefeated against the Patriots, um, the Patriots' defense shut down a very talented Eagles offense. Um, if it wasn't for their own mistakes, I think they could have put off the upset. So yeah, um, yeah, um, certainly uh, that defense for Miami better figure it out because it cannot let the Patriots establish a running game. They need to have Mac Jones beat them, which I think they can, but they need to make a lot of adjustments. So even though I'm thrilled for this win. Um, I think it's going to be very close, another nail-biter, and hopefully um, the, uh, hope it's a good game and Tua, we get a lead two again, and he does enough plays to start our sweep of the pass this year because if we beat them there, there's no way they're coming into Miami and winning. There's oh. no way. <laughs> we'll see how, we'll see how the Mac Jones performs against your fins. Mac Jones in that game against the Eagles, 35 for 54, 316 yards. What? <laughs> Three touchdowns and one interception. Definitely outdueled, to my surprise, outdueled Jalen Hurts. The run game, though, looked pretty rough. Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson only getting 29 and 25 yards for both of those two respectively. So the run game could be an issue for the Patriots, though passing looked very intriguing. Looks like the ball was spread around pretty bit between Mike Jacecki, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, and Juju Smith-Schuster. But that should be a fun, fun matchup. I'm not sure how Pittsburgh going to freaking do against the Brands, but prime time. I am not ready for that. So, yeah. So- Another home game. I don't think they'll dare have two bad performances at home, right? Let's, the Browns are not the 49ers. Clearly they're, not. They're not the 49ers, but listen, man. I have seen enough really, really, really bad games with this team over the past couple of years to just... I expect the worst a lot. I, which is a rough for me because I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. I, I want to expect great things. My freaking Western Carolina Catamounts up to the top 10 team. Like, I want to feel good, but I can't. Uh, let's jump into those Zeus to our picks. Last week, Zeus uh, beat yours truly out. Zeus went 2-1 and one with his picks. The Jaguars covered against the Colts. The ba- Browns upset the Bengals. And the one that we messed up was the Bills covering against the Jets. For me, the only game I got right from my picks was the Lions, the Lions, co- the Lions winning against the Chiefs. And, of course, the last two picks were Raiders, Broncos over Raiders. And then it was Ram. It was Seahawks over Rams. Of course, Raiders got that win. Sorry, Broncos. What am I saying? Raiders won that game. And then the and the, and the Rams took care of business against the Seahawks. It was a it was a rough one though. For you see Geno Smith uh, during that game, Zeus. Um, I only saw a couple highlights, but he just got outclassed by Jared. Uh... Was it Jerkoff? No, no, no. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. No, no. Um... There was a moment uh, during the game where he like takes the snap. 
and he's like going through his progressions and this i love this part so much he he sees aaron donald running towards him now if i'm in this situation i'm looking at this thinking i'm gonna die like i see aaron donald coming towards me at full speed I, it, i'm gonna die but they have him mic'd up and you hear gino go oh my god and he just gets rid of it yeah the panic as aaron donald about to <laughs> destroy him <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh that's why I'm glad I'm not a quarterback in the NFL because I would be running for my life having Dude. such men coming after me. <laughs> I, I would I would see hey, listen I would see Aaron Donald in my nightmares. Mm. I would check my cov I would check under the bed for Aaron Donald. All right, <laughs> that's how terrified I would be. But let's jump into Zeus. Let's talk about let's do some pick 'em for next. Of course, we have three big picks we can make. Zeus, would you like to go first? Yeah, I would like to go first. I've um, kind of been staring at the lines uh, for a while now. Good, good. And there, yeah, there's there's definitely one that sticks out to me, and it might be a sucker pick, but I'm thinking that the Green Bay Packers, only favored by two as a road favorite, going into the Falcons. Mm. Um, Falcons struggled mightily against uh, the Panthers for a while, and I don't know. I mean. Three points seems to be doable. They can just win by a field goal here. So um, they, they they own the Bears. <laughs> so, they still own the Bears from last week. <laughs> so I'm glad in my other pick em games, um, I got that one right. So, yeah, I think that's going to be my first pick. I think the Packers, um, they have enough talent left in coaching to go into a mediocre uh, Falcons home and uh, win a close one. But I think three points is certainly doable for a road favorite, so I am locking that in as my first pick. Packers over Falcons. Give me the two points. Let's go. Oh, that that should be a good one for sure. For my pick, Polly's there. I was trying to pull up a tab for the game I was looking at, and all of a sudden ads began playing. We don't want that. Uh, no. I want. I will tell you this right now. I'll pay. I'll take mine. Uh, I'll say. I'm taking Saints on Panther over Panthers in Monday Night Football. Saints are the bet the favorite right now with a line of three. Saints, of course, last week defeated the Tennessee Titans by one. And yep. the Panthers lost to the Falcons 24 to 10. I, I am still I I think Derek Carr is an okay quarterback. He's I think he'll be like Drew Brees was when he went from the Chargers to the Saints. So I'm I'm gonna take that one as a lock for sure. Is uh Saints over the Panthers on Monday night. So that's what I'll I'll, I'll take the Saints, man. Yeah, yeah, keep picking on the on the rookie there. I like that strat. I mean, Bryce Song's gonna get together at some point, but he's gonna have he's gonna have those growing pains. What's your next pick, buddy? All right, so I think this next pick might surprise people, but I'm gonna go to the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets oh, okay. on the road at the Cowboys minus eight point five. <laughs> My dudes, Vegas. That is great. A disrespect. Eight yes. and a half. Eight and a half. That is disrespect to the Jets. The way they stopped Josh Allen at home. Um, yeah, uh, the Cowboys, I don't think they have an elite offense. They have a good offense. I think their defense will carry them more in the game. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So I, I think the Jets, they'll make, they'll make this interesting. They'll, they're going to play for they're going to play for their fallen star QB. I think Sam Darnold can make – that's that's what I worry about. If Sam Darnold can – I'm not Sam Darnold, I'm sorry. Uh, if Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson. Brother Wilson. If <laughs> you just love me saying and calling him that name, don't you, Brother Wilson? If, 
Yeah, if Zach motherfucking Wilson, pun intended, <laughs> can act, can go into Jerry World and not make mistakes and just rely on the running game and just keep it close with their star defense, I think they can keep this within eight and a half. So I think that line's too big. The Jets are going to pull out and press us all. I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll they'll play hard and they'll humble the Cowboys, who I know are riding high after that dismantling of the Giants. So give me the Jets. Not, not going to lie to you, buddy. When you said Zach motherfucking Wilson, I, I took me a minute to... Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. God damn it, Zeus. God damn it, Zeus. <laughs> um, so... That that's actually pretty good. I mean, I think I'll second I'll second what you're saying there. I think that the Jets defense looked really darn good. The 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 Jets D looked really darn good. I mean, you slowed down a guy like Josh Allen. Pretty pretty good stuff there. For my next one, I will I look I have a, I have a little bit of an upset. Uh, I'd like to go with Let's my go. own. I personally have a soft spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars, having had family in Jacksonville and uh, having been to a lot of Jags games. uh, I used to watch a lot of Jags football in the 2000s. Chiefs coming off that rough loss to the the Lions. I will tell you this right now. I think Jacksonville is legit. I think they can play. And I think Trevor Lawrence will show you more of what he can do with a win. Over Kansas City. Let's go Duval! Let's go! I just, I, I'm just really big. Calvin Ridley looked really darn good last week. Travis Etienne looked like he can be their top running back. And Lawrence played good. So, I mean, they lead, they're the big leaders in all those categories for this matchup. I think it's very possible we could see Jacksonville take down KC. So, I will take I Jacksonville it. over KC. I, I love that matchup, man. With how Jacksonville's playing right now, I can't not say, hey, Jacksonville's got a shot. And Zeus, your final pick, my friend. Oh, my goodness. there There's a lot that I want to pick. It's like, mm, do I double down on the Rams and 49ers here? Like, if I want to respect the Jets' defense, what about the Rams' defense? But I think I'm going to go with a revenge game for this week. Oh? And that revenge game is going to be the Chargers visiting the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. They're- they are road favorites, so it's a road favorite week for me. Actually, I'm I'm betting on all the on the all the road teams this week. That's my theme, I guess. I, you like the road the road warriors, huh? Yeah. Um. So, Chargers at Titans. Yeah, it sucks that West Coast team is going to come to East Coast. That's always tough for the West Coast team. But the Titans, they look they look really miserable. Um, against the against the Saints last week. The Chargers, they have an explosive offense. I think they want to wash the sting of that really um, close loss to Miami. Um, they're healthy. They got the talent. They got the offensive line. I think they'll bully the Titans all day. Um, give me Justin Herbert over Ryan Tannehill any day of the week. Um, so I think they'll score a lot of points. I think their defense can – I don't think the secondary is going to be torched uh, like the Dolphins did with them because, hey, they don't have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think – Teams will bounce back. Week two is a good rebalancing period. Um, that's why I'm really against the Cowboys as far as I think they'll come back down to earth the Jets. Cross fingers. But here with the Titans and Chargers, I think Chargers, they'll get this much we need to win on the road. They'll get back on track. Give me the Chargers minus three. Because um, even if I even if they win by three, it's a push. I'll take a push over losing money at this rate. Hey, there you go, man. Uh, keeping it with my final pick, AFC, I... 
I like a I like a good bleep show, and that being in a rookie matchup. And I'm talking about CJ Stroud versus Anthony Richardson. Colts oh Texans. Both had a loss in their first week of the season, of course. CJ Stroud threw for 242 yards. Indianapolis is the betting fear by just one solitary point. Just <laughs> one. <laughs> They're just one one solitary point, I think. It's the lowest spread of the week, but it's the most unpredictable game. Unpredictable game. You just, you just never know how either of them could play Zeus. You just never know. I'm saying I think it'll be Anthony Richardson's first win, and it will be the Colts taking down the Texans. I think they I will like cover it. that. I think they will cover that. I know some might say, Manny, you're going a little conservative today, aren't you? Last last week, your picks were all over the place. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have picked the Russell Wilson. That's right. Broncos have do that good <laughs> against that cover. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this. You know, that matchup is the most unpredictable. It could go either way. But I think they got a good system in, in with the Colts. I think it'll be Anthony Richardson getting his first win. Colts cover against the Texans. There we go. And there you have it. Three pretty confident picks. I like the reasoning for all of them. Oh, thank um, you, man. I like I like yours too, man. I like yours too, man. Yeah. Um, you got you definitely going with the the NFC and NFC South teams. So interesting division to cover. But before uh, we continue and possibly wrap up, um, any big games stick out to you this week, as far for, as week two goes? Oh, there's there, there's there's a lot to look out for in terms of the in terms of uh, this week two. Man, you got Lions and Seahawks. Do you have the Lions can do coming off of their big win? Seattle trying to bounce back from that game against the Rams. Elsewhere, I'm looking at it right now. How about this? A battle for Southern California, San Francisco, and the Rams. That one, I I think it'd be fun. We'll see how Christian McCaffrey does against Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. And another one, I want to I, I want to keep my eyes on too. Mm-hmm. Just just looking at this this whole list of matches right now. Yeah, like but, I think I'll just reemphasize Jets Cowboys. I think that's, that's going to be yeah. a sneaky good game. Could be, could um, be. I mean, with that with that line like that, we'll see how the dude. That could be a defensive game right there. Yep, that's why I picked it. Um, defense will struggle, will make any offense cry, and because that's my UCF nights with the Boise State defense. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that game is pretty big. Um, Ravens Bengals pretty huge. Bengals desperate to bounce back. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I fully do see the Bengals mm, starting going two again, and then everyone's gonna be panicking. Um, could be that man, or yeah, or it could be the Ravens that are exposed. Who knows? Um, Who? I expect a full blow up like Bills and Raiders. Like the way the Bills lost, they, we got the bad Josh Allen. I'm expecting the elite Josh Allen to return at some point, and it, it better be against a team like the Raiders if they really want to compete. Now, granted, I hope they keep losing, but I don't see them losing a game like that. Um, and as far as other big games, um, Vikings Eagles seem interesting, but I don't trust those net games. They typically have a lot of injuries and are and are like stinkers overall. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chief Jaguars. Um, I go Jaguars, please. <laughs> That'd be a fun one. All I could say is if Josh Allen, you know, plays like he did. I mean, Josh Allen, you ruined my, you ruined me in two other fantasy leagues. Josh Allen, what the hell's wrong with you? Listen, you, you lose again like that, you're gonna be thinking, you know, uh, playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? I mean, how do you you play like that, man? Something's wrong with them. We'll talk about that more. But Zeus, you have any final thoughts, my friend? 
Um, some final thoughts. Obviously, go bin, uh, go fins, go knights this week, and yeah, should be another wonderful football weekend. I don't think there's anything major going on for me uh, this weekend, but whatever. Hell yeah, Always. man. Always a pleasure hanging out with you and talking football. Dude, same, same, man. Love it. Give me a fun weekend. We'll see what my Steelers and my double love Catamounts can do. For my buck host Zeus Peggy, so thank you again for tuning in to the Furries and Football Podcast, now heard throughout Podbean and now on iHeartRadio. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. We're out of here.